Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about something that all of us say we do not like and do not want, but it's also something that many of us find ourselves in, and that is drama. Today's episode is about drama. I want to define what drama is. Then I want to dig into drama and look at the anatomy or sort of the biology or, or the, what, you know, what are the components of drama? What is its anatomy? And then I want to talk about how to get out of drama if you want to. So where do we begin with this? This, cause this is such an enormous topic. Um, it's got lots of tentacles. But I guess we should start with a definition. You know, what do I mean by drama? Because when you say that word, it's it's one of those words that if you ask 10 different people what it is, they might give you 10 different definitions. Okay, it's a little bit like the word God. Like if, if you, when you say God, well, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people depending on who you're talking to. People have different backgrounds and different cultures and different beliefs and sort of understandings. And so when you say God, you almost need to like, what do you mean by that when you say God? Well, it's the same thing with drama. When you say drama, like, what do you mean by drama? And I'm not saying that my definition of drama is like the right one. I'm just saying when I say drama, this is what I'm talking about. And I have a very broad definition of drama. <laughs> Basically, anytime you're not in in peace, anytime you're not in a place of trust and acceptance and ease and flow and openness, anytime you're not there, you're in drama. Okay, so when I talk about drama, there's like, there's, there's two sides to the coin. There's external drama and internal drama. And external drama is the kind most of us are familiar with. Most of us would define drama as like, oh, when I'm arguing with someone or, you know, we're fighting over something and we're whining and complaining and blaming and, and, and you know, everybody's upset and sort of like the Desperate Housewives show, you know, Desperate Housewives of Atlanta or whatever, and they're just going at each other, you know, blaming and pointing fingers and name calling and judging and I'm right and you're wrong and right. That's, that's external drama. There's this argument, who's right, who's wrong, who's the victim, who's the villain, who's to blame, whose fault is this? And it's, it's all that commotion and all that conflict and stuff like that. Okay, that's external drama. We've all been in some of that. We can see that in political discussions. You know, the Republicans and Democrats are in perpetual drama, blaming each other and so forth. And you, know, you can turn on Fox or CNN and just see drama being played out. Okay, so there's external drama. But the part that a lot of people don't really talk about um, is what I call internal drama. Like, you can be in drama all by yourself. You don't need anyone to be doing it with you to have drama. You can be living on a deserted island for years, never seeing another human being, and you can be in drama. So drama can be something that just happens inside of you that's got nothing to do with anybody else, per se. There's no... There's no person that's standing in front of you that you're arguing with. You know, you're not into it with your sister or your mother or, you know, your coworker or somebody you met online or, you know, trolling somebody in social media and they're, 
you know, they're snarky back at you and it, it, it's, it can just be you. you. You can just be in a place within yourself where you're worried, where you feel anxious or you feel depressed or bored or lonely. In my definition, if you're stressed out, you're in drama. If you're overwhelmed, you're in drama. In other words, when there's any kind of inner turbulence, when you're upset, frustrated, angry, maybe angry at yourself, disappointed in yourself, blaming yourself, anytime there's a sense of dis-ease within yourself. Anytime you're not in ease and flow, anytime you feel triggered, reactive, defensive, anytime you're rationalizing or defending yourself or explaining or justifying, there's a degree of internal turbulence. Is there not? That's what I call drama. Any degree of internal turbulence, any degree of internal upset, anytime something's bothering you, anytime there's an inner commotion, okay? So, therefore, I've got a very broad definition of drama. And your reaction on hearing this, and one of the ways you know that you're understanding me, is you might be thinking, okay, Roy, if, if, if that's the way you're defining drama... Well, then, crap, I'm in drama a good portion of every day <laughs> because I worry about things all the time. I get stressed out. I get overwhelmed. I feel lonely. I get bored. I get angry at things. I blame myself. And there's, there's all kinds of times when I have a, a sense of dis-ease. In fact, if you're defining not being in drama as a place where you don't feel any resistance or any inner contraction, no tension, that you're just in a place of openness and flow and ease and absolute trust and acceptance, you know, where you're not triggered or reactive at all. Cause that, that is, that is the opposite of drama. If, if that, Roy, if that's how you're defining it, well, then I'm, I'm in drama all the time. Or pretty much all the time. Because if most of us are honest, something's bothering us almost all the time. <laughs> right? We're worried about something all the time. We're either regretting something from the past or worried about what the future is going to be with our finances, our love life, you know, our physical health. Um, right? So that's how I'm defining drama. Any degree of upset within yourself or any degree of upset with other people around you in your life, um, that's drama. Okay? That's what I'm defining as drama. And I, I do think it is possible, very possible, to live without drama or to live with very little of it. And maybe I should be more specific. I think it's possible to live a life where you can notice immediately when you start to experience drama internally or externally and you can nip it in the bud and step out of it and not see yourself spiral into it. Like, I don't think it's possible to live in this world and not notice that you get upset about something or not notice loneliness feelings or not notice that you're stressed or bored, or overwhelmed, or anxious. I, I don't. I don't know if you can live in this world and not have that stuff come up, because your mind is always talking, right? You're always, your mind's always yapping about something, and if you notice, you can't really control that voice in your head. It just starts talking. I can't believe they did that. Like, what's going to happen if I lose my job? I heard the company is downsizing. So there's this sort of normal and natural occurrence of fear. Of, of being triggered and these experiences of feeling, you know, not good enough or just being upset. 
So I don't think you can get to a place where that just never even comes up in me. But I do think it is possible that as soon as it happens, as soon as you feel like I'm going to get into a right-wrong discussion with my sister or my brother, I'm going to I'm going to be snarky. I'm going to complain. I'm about to blame someone for something they did, right? That as soon as that is that energy begins to come up in you, you can sort of like a fly on the wall. You can spot it and say, ooh, there it is. Here it comes. And you can nip it in the bud. You can step out of the drama immediately. And it's, you know, so therefore, we're not talking about never being upset or never getting triggered or never feeling threatened or anxious or lonely. That's ridiculous. But we are talking about how quickly can you spot it coming? How quickly can you catch yourself getting drawn into the drama inside of you or externally? You know, how quick can you spot it? Because as soon as you spot it, and of course, not before. As soon as you spot it, you then have the opportunity to choose how to respond to the drama that you're in inside your own heart or with someone else. As soon as you spot it, you then have a chance to say, okay, do I want to step out of this or do I want to go ahead and blame someone? Do I want to have this discussion where I'm right and you're wrong and I'm going to prove it to you, right? Or do you, can you spot it? when you're feeling stressed out or lonely and then you're about to spiral in that and possibly drink too much or buy something online that you know you don't need or you know however you react when you're when you're experiencing a state of inner commotion you're going to try to make yourself feel better if you haven't noticed that and that's all part of the drama so as soon as we spot it we then have the opportunity to step out if we want to. But you can't get out of the drama until you know you're in it. <laughs> okay? So that's why the second part here that I want to talk about, now that I've defined it, is I want to talk about the anatomy of drama. Like, what's actually happening when you're in drama? What are the components of this? If, if drama was a person, you know, if we cut you open, opened up your chest and looked inside... What do we find inside a drama when we look closely? Well, you're going to find that there's something called the drama triangle. There are three different roles that comprise the drama triangle, which is why it's called a triangle. There's three points. And there's three roles that we can play when we're in drama. Now, we can play them all ourselves when we have internal drama, or we can play one at a time. And when you're in drama with other people, you'll find that you can jump around from point to point to point with other people and kind of take turns (laughs) in different places on the drama triangle, (laughs) okay? So what are the three points? Well, they are victim, villain, and hero, or some call it rescuer. Victim, villain, hero. Now, by the way, this drama triangle thing was not invented by me. I believe it was like a psychologist from the 50s or 60s, a guy named Schlesinger. I'm not sure. I could do the research on it. I don't want to. But it's just important you know that I didn't come up with this. This has been um, an idea well, drama's been around since Cain and Abel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> drama started in the Garden of Eden, for crying out loud. So it's been around forever, but people started to be able to kind of label it and and kind of make a little bit of a science out of it so you could study it and, and recognize it and hopefully end it um, back in the 50s. So I think there were some psychologists back then and then, as far as I know, Dr. Doctors Gay and Kathleen Hendricks of the Hendricks Institute, they got a hold of it and took it to another level. And then my friends at the Conscious Leadership Group, 
uh, Jim Dethmer, Diana Chapman have, I, I think, refined it and, and put it out into the world uh, in an even more descriptive way. Okay, so I'm simply taking what other people have done here and I'm just explaining it to you so you can learn about the drama triangle because learning about it and knowing what role you're playing is the pathway to getting out of it. Okay, so let me just share very briefly what the roles are. Victim is sort of everybody's favorite place to be when they're in drama. When when you're in drama with other people or with yourself, everybody's sort of fighting over the victim spot. It's like the the last chair in musical chairs, where there's a few people standing and everybody's racing for that for that chair. Everybody wants to claim the victim position on the triangle. And the victim is the one who is at the effect of others or something. In other words, the victim says things like, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? They feel at the effect of. So they could be at the effect of God. Why did God make me this way? Why did God make me have this appearance? Or why did God make me five feet, six inches tall? Because women don't like men who are short. Right? So you can be at the effect of God. You could be at the effect of your upbringing, your parents, your genetics. You could feel at the effect of other people. The dating scene, men, women. You could be at the effect of things in the culture, your boss, you know, the, the corporate world, right? You can feel at the effect of most anything, right? You can feel like you're being victimized by most anything. And anytime you're in drama, there's going to be a piece that you feel like a victim, like something's happening to you. That's the phrase. There's a me, there's a me and it's, it's happening to me. You're doing this to me. Life is doing this to me. Men are doing this to me. My ex did this to me. My children are doing this to me. My, my job is boring me. My life is stressing me out. You're at the effect of your own life, your own schedule. Online dating is killing me. Okay? So once you understand what the victim is, you're going to see, oh my God, I play the victim a lot. See, nobody wants to admit that because the word victim, you know, is a word that it's sort of a really pejorative term. It's, it's kind of an ugly term and nobody ever wants to admit that they're, that they're being a victim. And, and that's unfortunate because there really isn't anything bad or wrong about feeling like a victim. It's just how you feel. It's just kind of your state of consciousness. And if we make it wrong and, and we're not able to notice it and we can't learn from it, we, we, you know what I'm saying? It's like you have your fingers in your ears and you won't hear anything. So, you know, you're not hearing anything, which means you don't learn anything. So it's important to be brave enough to notice how often you feel at the effect of, at the effect of traffic. And the way people drive, at the effect of the weather, at the effect of your body type, at the effect of your weight and your eating habits and how your family taught you to, you know, deal with emotions. Well, you know, I have a hard time in relationships or with emotions because of the way my dad was or my mother was. And I'm certainly not saying that you didn't have a particular childhood. But that's one thing, to, but to still be feeling like the way you were raised or what happened in your past or the way men or women have treated you, that now you have trust issues. Well, I have trust issues. And in that, there's a sense of, I have trust issues because of what men or women did to me. 
Do you follow me? So it's not bad or wrong to be playing victim. And and you've you've got to open up to that. You've 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 got to open up to just seeing it as it's it's a way of looking at life. It's a way of looking at yourself, and it's really normal. It's very natural. Every ego feels like it's being victimized by something, right? And so if you're someone who says I'm not a victim, I never play the victim. I'm telling you, you're full of shit. I'm, I'm telling you, you're either lying to yourself or you don't really know what it means to be the victim, so you're not spotting it. Okay. If you never play the victim, then you never complain about anything. You don't complain about traffic or the weather. You don't complain about the way food is prepared for you at a restaurant. You don't complain about how someone's treating you or not treating you. You, you just have no complaints and no blame in your life. And are you really going to tell me that you never complain, you never whine, you never feel sorry for yourself, you never blame anyone? Really? Come on. Right? No, you're a human. Don't act like you're some sort of God. Okay? So that's victim. Feeling at the effect of. Okay? Villain is another spot on the triangle that all of us play all the time. And the villain is the one who makes others or yourself wrong. The villain really is the blamer, the finger pointer. It's the bad guy, right? It's your wrong. Now, you can be villain towards other people. You could point at them. You know, you know who, who they are. They are responsible for this politically, socially, environmentally, financially, relationally, right? You can point at your ex. You can point at the Republicans or Democrats. You can point and say, if it wasn't for you, my life wouldn't be this way, right? So the villain makes others wrong, which means the villain wants to be right, okay? But you can also villainize yourself, I can't believe I did that. What's wrong with me? I'll never learn. I'm, I'm never going to improve. I'm going to be stuck feeling this way forever. Right? So you can turn on yourself. Self-hatred, self-loathing are extreme forms of making yourself wrong, of villainizing yourself. It's the inner critic. We all have one of those, right? Freud called it the superego. The inner critic, the one that blames you, points the finger at you. So you might be good at not blaming others, but man, you can blame yourself. You can chew on your own ass. You can chew yourself out. Nobody knows about it because it's going on inside of you. Right? So that's the villain. Okay? Familiar with that one? (laughs) And then there's the hero, the rescuer. There's the one that wants to create temporary relief. That's the definition of the hero or the rescuer. And the key word is temporary. When you're in hero, in the drama, when you're in hero, you are in drama because you're trying to smooth things over because the victim and the villain are going at it. (laughs) And you're trying to get in the middle of it and all calm down or someone's really upset about something or hurting or worried and you're like, oh, it's going to be okay. I'll fix it for you. Maybe I can help. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to figure it out. You know, so you, you just don't want people to be upset. You don't want there to be conflict or suffering. And so you're just smoothing it over. You're just um, trying to make people feel better. But the way in which you're doing it is only going to offer temporary relief to whatever suffering or drama that somebody might be in. Okay? It's just a temporary thing. There's no real solution being offered. The hero is not calling anyone to take responsibility and make a change and do something about 
feeling like a victim or being the villain, pointing the finger. They're, they're just giving some sort of temporary relief. So let me give you a couple of ways to understand this. The, the hero or the rescuer is a little bit like that story we've all heard that when a person is hungry, you can give them a fish or you could teach them how to fish. So the hero is just giving a fish. It's just going to give you temporary relief for your hunger. But tomorrow, you'll be hungry again. You, you're, you're, in other words, there's no fundamental change in the situation that you're addressing. You're just doing something to kick the can down the road. You're just giving a temporary, I'll give you some food for today. Well, what about tomorrow? But see, when you're not functioning as hero, and we'll talk about this in, in a little bit later, you would, you might give a person a fish for today. Uh, I, I care about you, but here, let, let, let me teach you how to fish. Let me teach you how to find your own food because otherwise you're going to come back to me tomorrow and need another fish. So the hero is giving a temporary relief. Now, one of the reasons we give temporary relief is because we don't want other people to get out of drama because we like to be needed. Like, oh, I love it when you come to me every day for a fish. I love it when you call me up and you tell me about all your problems and I feel needed and my advice is needed and my compassion is needed. And, you know, I just, I just feel necessary. And so I don't really want to teach you how to fish to end your suffering because then you won't need me. So the hero is a sinister kind of energy. There's a real selfishness in heroing. We want to be needed. We don't want to end the suffering. We, we're just given temporary things and we're sort of making ourselves feel better. You know, someone's going through cancer, someone's going through something difficult and the hero will make statements that they don't, they have no, it's going to be okay. You're, you're going to get through this and nothing bad's going to happen. You don't know that. You're just trying to give some platitude to give some temporary relief. And you're probably trying to relieve yourself of feeling your own fear and your own sadness about someone having cancer. So you're just trying to, oh, it'll be okay. Really? No, just, just, just trust God. God would never let this happen to you. It's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. See, that's, that's platitude. That's, that's spiritualization. It's saying things you don't know are true. But that's the whole point, is that the hero is in drama. The hero's on the triangle. Even though they appear to be trying to, to kind of make people feel good and do good, like the victim is that whiny, you know, that whiny, complaining, why are you doing this to me kind of energy that's not attractive when you, when you, when you look at it from a distance. And certainly the one pointing fingers and blaming it, this is your fault. My, you know, life would be great if it wasn't for you, right? The, everyone looks at that and says, ew. But the hero, from a distance, you might think, oh, they're, they mean well. They're, they're, they're not in drama. They're the ones trying to fix it. They're the ones trying to help. No, they're in drama because all they're doing is giving a temporary thing which is allowing whatever pattern to cycle around and keep coming back, okay? So let me give you what I believe is the greatest illustration I've ever heard of the hero. And frankly, as far as I know, I'm the only one. I, I think I came up with this one. I, maybe not. Maybe somebody else saw this analogy. But if you know anything about boxing, okay, you know that a fighter, a prize fighter, you know, a heavyweight champion or whatever boxer, a boxer has some people in his corner, you know, at the side of the ring. Usually there's at least two people. There's the boxer's trainer, the one that's like his coach. He trains him to get in shape and talks about strategy and kind of how to win the fight. So the boxer has a trainer, a coach, but then the boxer has what's called a cut man, a cut man. Now, that's the guy that patches the fighter up 
in between rounds, right? He gets his face beaten in. He's cut and bloody and bruised, and they ring the bell, and he comes to the corner in between rounds, and the cut man gets in there and starts putting Vaseline and different things on the cuts to stop the bleeding, and it patches him up so that he can go back in the ring and get the shit beat out of him again. That's a hero. You're coming to me. And you're getting the shit beat out of you. You're in drama. You're in suffering. You've got problems. You're stressed out. You're overwhelmed. You're lonely. You feel anxiety. You're depressed. You, right, you, you have this internal drama. Or you've got drama with other people. And then you come to the hero and they're going to they're gonna patch you up. They're going to say certain things, do certain things, and you're going to feel better. They're going to help stop the bleeding but they're going to patch you up so that you can go back into the situation that's causing you so much pain. They're enabling you to continue. By patching you up, the cut man enables the boxer to keep to go back into the fight. So the hero is an enabler, a rescuer. Do you see that? That's what the hero does. And so from a distance, it looks like the cut man is doing good. And the cut man's not in drama. Oh, you poor thing. Let me, let me, let me pat you up. Let me, let me give you a big hug. Let me tell you it's okay. Let me, let me just kind of, you know, just give you some love and I'll listen and I'll be present with you and, and let me help you feel better so that you can go right back to the same relationship or the same job, or the same lifestyle, or the same addiction, or whatever it is that's beaten the shit out of you. I'm helping you recover so you can go back to what's causing so much pain in your life. And then after a while, you're going to come back to me again. Because I, I want to be needed. And you're going to come back for some more patching up and more compassion, and more understanding. And I'm going to make you feel better, and you're going to feel energized to go back into the same lifestyle, the same situation, and you're going to get the shit beat out of you again, and then you come back to me, and we're going to go around and around and around on the drama triangle. Do you see it? Do you notice that you play that role sometimes for yourself? Because of the internal drama. So you can have some internal drama. Let's, let's see if I can just make something up on the spot here. Let's just say you feel lonely. Right? You, you, you feel lonely and sort of hopeless about your, your love life. Okay? And you're like, men are assholes. Or women are assholes. Or the online dating thing just sucks. And so you're just... You're lonely and you're upset and you're feeling hopeless. You're victim, right? You're at the effect of the dating, the dating scene and men or women and how it's going. At the same time, though, you can point the finger also. So you're complaining and whining about yourself. You're playing victim, but you can also jump over on the, the villain part of the triangle and point the finger. Oh, it's the online thing. It's... It's everybody online is just playing games and they're ghosting and, you know, and, and you can just point the fingers at men or women and, right? And so you can, or you can point them at yourself, like something's wrong with me, you know, um, I, you know, you, you can blame yourself for being too busy or having some emotional hang up, right? So you can go from feeling victim and at the effect of with all the loneliness and helplessness and hopelessness and anger and frustration. And then you can jump over and villain and point the finger at yourself or point it at whoever, whoever's to blame for your loneliness and, and the way your love life is. And, and then with all that pain, you can just jump on Amazon and start buying stuff or drink a bottle of wine or go meditate or go to the gym and exercise. 
those are things that don't fix the loneliness and the victim villain thing that you're doing. You're just giving yourself some sort of temporary relief from all the upset. You're distracting yourself from it. And it, and it does work, right? If you get hammered or you buy a bunch of stuff, or perhaps you get on the phone and you call a friend and your friend plays hero for you. Oh yeah, men do suck. Oh, women's. Oh, I know I feel lonely too. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, oh, you're going to find someone really soon. I know God has a plan for you and, and you're going to be with an amazing person, right? They don't know that. They're just giving you some temporary relief from your suffering. Because the real loneliness issue is not being addressed. You still see yourself as a victim and somebody else is the villain. Okay. So that's just an example. Now, what you have to do is you have to see, can you spot yourself when you're upset with someone else or with a group or when you feel an inner sense of tension or contraction, when you feel triggered, reactive, lonely, stressed, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, when when you notice that you don't feel good on the inside you are on the drama triangle. You are playing one, if not more, of those three roles within yourself. The question is, when you're in drama, can you name where you are? That's the challenge. Can you say, right now, man, I'm feeling upset, whatever it might be. Man, I'm really being victim right now. I notice I'm complaining. I notice I feel at the effect of someone or something. Or... I'm upset, I'm all riled up, I feel triggered, I'm in resistance, I'm in anger, I'm in whatever it might be. Ooh, man, I'm really pointing the finger. I'm really blaming myself or other people. Or can you spot yourself when you're a hero? Maybe you're heroing someone else or heroing yourself. Most people use porn or masturbate as a heroing thing. It's just going to give me some temporary relief from my stress. Drinking, using drugs, even meditating, working out. These, these are, they can be used as ways to give us temporary relief. But we're not teaching ourselves how to fish. I mean, we're not actually addressing the root issue of the suffering and making a change. We're just, you know, it's like, Come home from a rough week at work, right? You're all stressed out. You're just beat up after a rough week at work. You're just overwhelmed and exhausted and sort of frustrated and angry. Man, you're going to, Friday night, man, you're going to tie one on, right? So at work, you're, the, you're, you're in victim because the, 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 your boss is the villain, right? Or the, the, the job description or the way your customers are, the, the way your employees are treating you. So you're a victim at the effect of your employees or your customers and your, your boss. Those, the, they're the villains. They're doing this to me. Okay. And you got all that going on. And so you go Friday night, you're going to get hammered. Temporary relief. You will forget about all that stuff when you're hammered. Right. Trust me. I've done it many, many times. Okay. Just, I, I know this stuff because I live in it. I, I get in drama, fuck, all the time, okay? So do not think that I live above this stuff. I, I know it because I live it, okay? So you're going to get hammered on Friday night. But getting hammered doesn't fix the job, right? You just gave yourself a fish. You didn't teach yourself how to fish. You, 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 you're not fixing the, the, the situation at work. You're not renegotiating your job description. You're not finding a new job. You're not having a conversation with your boss to make a, make a change because you're not supposed to be fucking wiped out after a week of work and all stressed out. And, and you're not supposed to need a weekend to recover from your job. Maybe physically, if you do something physical with your job and you're just tired physically, that's, that's not drama. But if you need a weekend to emotionally recharge, if you need a vacation to recharge your batteries, then what that's saying is, is your life is draining you. You're living in drama. And then you need a weekend or a vacation or a 
a phone call or a visit to your therapist or, or something to recharge, to rejuvenate. All of that is heroing. If it is enabling you to go back into the same lifestyle that you know is going to drain you again. And then you got to go for another weekend and another vacation, another visit to your therapist and you know, more meditation, more drinking, more shopping, more porn. <laughs> Do you follow me? Do you see the cycle of it? This is how most of us live. Even in our relationships, we stress ourselves out in relationships and then we seek some sort of relief. But we never change the dynamic of the drama in the first place. Okay, so that's the anatomy of drama. Okay, so we defined it as anytime you feel a sense of dis-ease or upset or inner turbulence or external commotion, you're in drama, which means it's happening all the time if you're noticing. Sometimes we don't notice it because we live at a certain level of drama that just feels normal. So you don't know you're doing it. You don't know you're in it. You only know you're in drama when it's more than usual. But if we really, that's why it's so important to define it as we're, we're, we're supposed to live life with peace and freedom. We're, we're supposed to live life with ease and flow. We're not supposed to live life with this inner contraction and this ongoing worry and anxiety and frustration. We're not supposed to live that way. We don't have to live that way. So when you notice it, then you're able to identify, oh, I'm in drama and I know it because I'm playing victim, villain, or hero, or all of them or a couple of them. You could jump around that triangle like it's hopscotch. I mean, one moment to another. You can be victim and then oh, point the finger and then, oh, well, you know, it'll be okay. You know, I'll, I'll figure it out. And, you know, and they, they, they don't really mean, they don't mean badly about it. Or I'm doing my best. You know, I'm doing the best I can. You know, trying, I'm just, just trying to get, get by and get through. You know, can't complain. How you doing? I oh, can't complain. You know, so you're going you're gonna to spot how much drama you're in. And then the next step is, can you identify what role on the triangle are you playing? And once you can do that, now, if you want to end the drama, and that's a big question, but if you want to end it, the victim can be transformed into the creator. The villain can be transformed into the challenger. And the hero can be transformed into the coach. So now we're developing another triangle. Now think with this. If you're listening, you know, if you could write it down, you should. But at least imagine in your head, there's the drama triangle. The point is on the bottom. Victim's on the bottom. That's where everybody wants to go. Everybody's racing for the victim position. Okay? There's victim, villain, hero. Now draw another triangle right next to it. This one's called the presence triangle. There is a triangle when you're in ease and flow, when you're above all the trigger, when there is no trigger, when you're just in openness and trust and acceptance and bliss, I don't know, nirvana, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're, you're just not upset. You're, you're just present. There's no inner commotion. There's no outer commotion. That moment might not last very long. <laughs> but so there's two triangles now. And once you know where you are on the triangle and what role you're playing, if you want to get out of drama, if you want to end the inner turbulence and the inner commotion and the, the, the inner contraction and the, the reactivity and the triggeredness and all of that. If, if you want to end that and, and shift into a place of trust and acceptance and openness and a place of rest and ease and flow, you can. But it starts with, are, do you actually want to? Are, are you willing to do what it takes to shift out of victim, villain, hero into creator, challenger, coach? I'm going to come back to that in a minute. 
But let me talk about the transition because once you see what role you're playing, you can shift. So when you're victim, what was our definition? You're at the effect of. Things are happening to me. Well, how do you get out of being a victim? You recognize that life is not happening to you. It's happening by you. You take radical responsibility for what's happening in your life. You do not complain. You do not whine. You say, if I'm being treated a certain way, if I'm experiencing this, if I'm having these kinds of circumstances, I'm not at the effect of my parents or my upbringing. No, I am responsible for my life and my results. I'm doing this to myself. I'm not at the effect of men or women or the dating scene. If I'm single and I'm lonely and I'm, and I'm not in a relationship, I'm not at the effect of the dating scene or I'm not at the effect of my busy schedule so I don't have time to meet anyone. I'm not at the effect of, you know, I'm just not pretty or I'm not handsome and so no one's interested in me. Because there are a lot of people that have very average and below average looks that are in relationships. The way from victim to creator is by seeing that you are the creator. It's by taking radical responsibility. And so you no longer feel that you're at the effect of. Whatever circumstance I'm in, I'm doing it to myself. I'm making my body fat. It's not because of my genetics and the way my mother and father taught me to eat. It's not because my schedule's so busy I can't help but stop at McDonald's all the time. No, you're making your own choices that are creating these results. And if your love life isn't the way it is, it's not because... See, here's the favorite victim saying of a person who's single. Here's the favorite one. I just haven't met the right person yet. What are you saying? I'm at the effect of luck. I'm at the effect of fate. I'm, I, I, I'm single because I, I don't know. I just haven't met the right person yet. You're at the effect of when you when you see that you can shift into creator and take radical responsibility and say, I'm not single because I haven't met the right person yet. I'm single because on some level I'm committed to not meeting the right person. What am I doing? to not meet the right person? How am I sabotaging myself? What am I doing to keep myself disconnected? What blind spots do I have? What relationship personas am I showing up with that are causing me to connect with the wrong people and get in the wrong dynamics and the wrong patterns and the same pain and, the, and these problems? So when your love life isn't the way you want it to be, you can play victim and feel at the effect of, oh, I just haven't met the right person yet. Oh, all the good ones are taken or gay. Or you can say, no, no, I'm, resp- I'm keeping myself single. I'm doing something. I don't know what it is. But I'm responsible for, I'm, I'm, I'm making myself single. I'm committed to being single. Because I am single. And I'm not at the effect of it. I'm the creator of it. Now, when you become the creator, once you take responsibility... You empower yourself for change because when, when you're victim, notice that when you're victim, you're at the effect of something. And so if it's something that's causing something to happen to you, how do you change it? Well, God made me this way. Well, my parents raised me this way. Oh, that, well, then you're screwed, right? I mean, <laughs> your parents raised you in a certain way. You have certain genetics. Oh, the dating scene is this. Men are this. Men are that. Well, You're disempowering yourself because you can't change any of that. But if you're willing to take radical responsibility and say, I'm not at the effect of anything. I am making my life the way it is. I'm the creator. I'm the author of my experience. I'm in a movie and I'm writing the script and I'm choosing the plot. Well, that empowers you because you're like, well, if I'm creating this, well, then I can create that. If I've made it this way, then I can make it that way. If I've made myself single, I can make myself in a relationship. If I've made myself fat, I can make myself fit. If I've made myself poor, I can make myself have enough. 
Do you follow me? It's just a shift of being willing to take responsibility and not see yourself as a victim. And once you do take responsibility and see yourself as a creator, then curiosity comes online. Well, why in the world am I committing to being single? What am I doing to keep myself single? What am I doing to make myself fat? What am I doing to make myself poor? How am I, what am I doing to create these results? Because I'm the creator of them. They're not happening to me. They're happening by me. Okay? That's the shift from the drama triangle and victim to the presence triangle and creator. Now, villain. What's the shift there? Remember, the villain is making wrong, pointing the finger of blame, and even at yourself. Okay? Well, the transformation there is going from villain to challenger. See, here's the thing. When we're in villain and we're blaming ourselves or others, there is no solution there. You're just pointing a finger. Or you're pointing it at yourself and you're spiraling in your hopelessness or in your negativity. You're going toxic on yourself. You find me, oh, I can't do it. I'll never get it right. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Um, I'm not a good communicator. I'm not good with emotions. I don't know how to flirt. I don't know this or, you know, what, however it is you're blaming yourself for the situation that just spirals and there's, there's no solution there. It's just, you're it, you're wrong, you're bad. The shift to challenger is that you're not making anyone wrong what you're standing for and you're challenging for change. You're standing for love. You're standing for something greater. So you're not just pointing the finger and you're wrong and and my life sucks because of you or the world would be better if it wasn't for them. You're actually thinking about solution and you're, you're willing to challenge other people or yourself to take responsibility and, and do something. Okay. So when I'm working with a client, I can be villain and I can either make them wrong or I can agree with them that whoever they, they think is wrong, that, yeah, you're right. You know, they are wrong. You know, your ex was a piece of shit, you know, Oh, I can't believe your boss said that to you. Yeah, your boss is really wrong and bad about that. Or when you're going, you know, negative on yourself, I, 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 I could as a as a coaching, you know, I could agree with with you. And yeah, it it is you, and you're hopeless, and you're you know. Or I could step in as challenger and say, quit pointing the finger. What can you do to find solution? So. It's very appropriate to get in your own face and, and quit just blaming and pointing the finger and whining kind of towards yourself and say, you know what, if I'm overweight, damn it, I'm challenging myself to new commitments of exercise and diet. The, the blame isn't necessary, but there's a challenge. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take responsibility here, right? So villain becomes challenger. And the difference is we're just pointing fingers and laying blame and and that's it. And there's no hope for transformation because, you know, we're just pointing fingers versus seeing something that needs to be addressed and challenging yourself or others to step up, to take responsibility, to make a change that's better for them better for your relationship, better for love, better for your country, better for your tribe, better better for your family. Okay, so we're not just pointing the fingers and laying blame. We're actually bringing some challenger energy, some kick in the ass towards yourself. Because what good does it do just to Blame yourself for your love life and, oh, I, I'm not good at this and I, I'm not, I can't communicate well. I can't start a conversation with someone and I, I'm not good at that. 
What good is that? You need to find some challenger within yourself. Well, then learn how to do that. Quit blaming yourself and get some training, get some skill, challenge yourself to address an issue and, and learn something and gain greater skills and to, to get yourself out of a situation or make a challenge to a workplace environment that's not healthy. You know, the, we, need, we need to change the way we function here at work. We need, we need to change the way our relationship is, you know, is going, the, the, the way we're communicating. Even with a friend or a sibling, you can, you can have that. You can, um, you can really make challenge. Follow me? And then lastly, hero. What's, what's the transformation? Hero to coach. And it basically is from just giving you a fish, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to fish. So when you notice that you're heroing, you can make the shift into being a coach where you are sort of, in a sense, combining, you're challenging someone to take responsibility for something and make a change in your life so that you don't need to hero the situation anymore. This is when you talk to the addict and you say, get help or I'm not talking to you anymore. I'll support you, you know, in a recovery program. This is where the cut man would look at the boxer and say, listen, if you want to go back in the ring, that's on you. I'm out. I'm not going to sit here and patch you up so you can go back into that relationship and get the shit beat out of you. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you and encourage you and patch you up to go back into that job and that stressful life. I'm, I'm coaching you. What can you do differently so that you don't have to come back here for being, for rescuing or for enabling or for encouraging or for help? How, how can you solve the stress? What changes do you need to make in your relationship, in your love life, within yourself, at work, so that you don't get the Friday and you're wiped out, so that you're not in another relationship that breaks your heart, that stresses you out, that activates all your trust issues? What can you do to de... So the coach would say, what can you do to let go of your past and your pain so that you don't have trust issues, right? So that's a big shift from just kind of nurturing and caregiving and, oh, you poor thing and, oh, it'll be okay and, and offering temporary solace or temporary kind of a compassion or a temporary fix to being coach where you're like, no, let's look at the deeper issues of how are you creating this in your life and what are you going to do to get out of it so that you don't need the hero? So if you're in that pattern where you work all week and then you, you know, you, you need a vacation, you need a party on the weekend, you, you know, well, let's talk about how to create a job that you might feel tired by Friday, but you're energized to where you can't wait to go back on Monday because you enjoy your work. You know, it, 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 it doesn't drain you. It, it fulfills you. It, it, it enlivens you. It's not killing you. So when something's not killing you, then you don't have to go, I got to meditate for an hour and recover from this week, or I got to go exercise and, and burn off this energy, you know, or I got to get hammered or go shopping, right? So that's drama. That's what the definition is. That's the anatomy and the way out is noticing what role you're playing and asking yourself, am I willing to shift from victim to creator by taking responsibility and stop complaining? Am I willing to stop villainizing myself or others and start challenging myself and others to a new and better way of being? Or if I'm caught in hero, Am I willing to step out of offering myself or someone else temporary relief and really looking for permanent solution and change so that whatever pattern doesn't just keep recycling again and again and again? 
This is not that hard to do. The willingness part is you're going to find is what it's all about. Are you willing to stop playing the victim and stop villainizing, stop heroing and rescuing and enabling? That's the hard part here is the willingness to do it. (laughs) That part I can't help you with. At some point, you're going to get tired of drama. And the way you end it is not by just ending relationships or quitting your job. You want to look at what role that you are playing in your relationships or in your job. Because if you don't do that, you'll find a new relationship and play the same role. You'll find a new job and play the same role. And then you'll be in Groundhog Day Syndrome. Different relationship, different job, same experience over and over and over again. So there's got to be a willingness to look at yourself and do the work on getting out of drama and living more and more of your life on the presence triangle of creator, challenger, and coach. Now, when a person's willing or they're at at that place where they say, okay, I really do want out, but I do need some help. That's where I can come in. I mean, I can't make you willing. You can lead a horse to water, but I can't make you drink. Okay, so if you want out of drama, if you want to find solution, if you, yeah, if if you just want out of drama and and you're willing to look at yourself and transform the roles that you've been playing, that's where coaching can help. Because very often we don't know what it would look like to be creator in the situation. We're willing to take responsibility. We don't really know how that would work. Or we're willing to stop blaming, pointing the finger, but we don't know what, how that would look. We're, we're, I don't want to keep heroing my friends or myself and keep us stuck in this cycle of drama, but I don't know what it would look like to stop heroing my friend or myself or my partner. I, I'm not so sure they might not like it. You're damn right they might not. When people are on the triangle, they expect you to play a reciprocal role so you can all do the drama together. The minute you don't want to do drama anymore, you're saying, I don't want to do what we've been doing anymore. (laughs) I want to function in a different way. I want to play a different role. I don't want to be your hero. I want to be your coach. And as a coach, I'm not going to put up with your whining. I'm going to say, change it. Get at the root. Make a change because I'm tired of hearing about you complain about your partner or your job or your body. I'm just tired of hearing about it. Do something about it. If you want some help on what to do, I can help you with that. But I just, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear you complain and whine and blame anymore. Right? Well, that person might not like to hear you say that because they've gotten used to you just saying, oh, you poor thing. You know, oh yeah, it is tough. Oh, you've got a really hard situation there. And oh, you know, and then you feel better and then you just stay in the same situation. Okay. So as a coach, that's my role, is to help you see the root of your drama and what role you're playing, and then to ask you, are you willing to go on the presence triangle? And if you are, then I help you figure out what that looks like. That's what coaching is, or that's the kind of coaching I do, because people come to me, clients come to me in drama of some kind. I mean, they're single. I don't want to be. They're upset about that, right? They're, they're not okay with that, which is fine. Okay, great. I want to help you find when you're looking at your love life, from where are you doing your love life? Are you doing it from the drama triangle or from the presence triangle? Most everyone's doing it from the drama triangle. It's not bad. It's normal. But once we see that and we say, oh, what role are you playing? Then I can say, okay, are you willing to do it a different way? Are you willing to shift from drama triangle to presence triangle? Yes, I am, Roy. Okay, good. Then it would look like this. This is the different way you would respond to the situation. This is the, the, these are the questions you would now ask yourself when you're no longer victim. These are the changes you will make within yourself if you're no longer heroing. Right? So if, if, if that's appealing to you, if you want to learn how to end drama in your life and and create a life that works, you know where to find me. Yeah. Roy at coachingwithroy.com. 
or my cell phone, 407-687-3387. So until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.